0: And um, I tell you, I'm kind of looking through my notes here. Let's, let's just jump in. I know it sounds like an odd way of saying it, but um, let's jump in at uh, Matthew, the 10th chapter. Praise God. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 33. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 33. Praise God. Um, and we'll do a little bit of review after we get started, but um, let's jump in here. And we'll read these verses as we get started. Matthew chapter 10, make it verse uh, 32. Matthew chapter 10 and 32. Amen. It says this, Therefore, whoever confesses Me before men, him I will also confess before My Father who is in heaven. Now, this is written in red. uh, And so it's, of course, Jesus speaking here. So again, therefore, whoever confesses Me, Jesus saying this, Before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies shall be those in his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life shall lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me now what we said this morning and just to give a brief review is that number one Jesus is the most influential person in human history no matter what people may believe about him it is simply undeniable time counted up to his birth and then started over after his um, birth. Amen. A.D., as we said this morning, does not stand for after death. It's Latin for Anno Domini, and it means the year of our Lord. So this is 2018, the year of our Lord. But in addition to being the most influential person who ever lived, we see that he was also the most polarizing. And by polarizing, we mean divisive. By polarizing, we mean like people on opposite ends of the spectrum. And when Jesus arrived, He became, again, not just the most influential person who ever lived, but the most polarizing person who ever lived, and this was by design. He was strategically sent here by God the Father to be this polarizing entity here among people on planet Earth. And this is what Jesus is referring to here in Matthew chapter 10. Now, again, just if I could in a brief review, we talk about Him being the King who brought His kingdom to us. But this King who brought His kingdom to us, we also see, took the kingdom from those that it was originally given to because they rejected Him. We talk about Him being the chief cornerstone upon which we build our lives. But the Bible also says that the chief cornerstone to some is a stumbling stone, a stumbling block. Rather than stepping up on Him and building their lives upon Him, they trip over Him, and then He literally falls upon them, crushes them and grinds them to powder. We talk about Him being the light of the world, but the same light that has shined in our hearts, bringing illumination to us, has shined in the face of other people and has blinded them. The Word of God made flesh has melted and softened our hearts, but yet there are other people whose hearts have been hardened and calloused by Him, and we could go on and on. Now, you say, well, what is the answer to this, Pastor Mark? Why, why are some people's hearts melted and other people's hardened? Why are some people given the kingdom, others have it taken from them? Why are you know, some people illuminated while others are blinded? It has everything to do with each person's individual response to Jesus. Your attitude towards Him is what determines whether or not He melts your heart or hardens it. Your attitude towards Him determines whether He's able to give you the kingdom or take it from you. Your attitude towards Him, right, is, is, is the determining factor in all of these things. So, again, to I think it's the, mo- it's the simplest thing I ever heard, but it really helped me grasp this in a way that nothing else ever has. And... And and I, I mentioned this morning, I mentioned it again tonight before we move on. And and that is what Charles Caps said about this, talking about the sun in the sky, S U N. He said the same sun that melts wax hardens clay. And so it's not fair to say that the sun is a melter or a softener or a hardener. The sun is just simply the sun. And the effect that it has upon a thing is is determined by the thing that's put in front of it, right? So it's, it's not, you know, you say, well, God hardens people's hearts. No, God is just God. But the attitude of your heart when you come before Him is going to determine the effect that He has upon you. It's going to determine what He's ultimately able to do for you, whether, again, you receive Him or reject Him. Remember, He came to this earth looking for amongst all people who are, are are living, even living today. He came looking for a body. He came looking for a bride. And in both of those beautiful truths, we see oneness. There's oneness between my head and my body. So much so, much so that, excuse me, so much so that when Saul was persecuting the church, Jesus asked, why are you persecuting me? Amen. And then also the other picture of oneness is this uh, idea, this truth, that Jesus is the groom and we are His bride. Amen. And when we say that He came looking, remember, He's the great shepherd. The great shepherd of the sheep. But this great shepherd also is separating the true sheep from the goats. Now, let's let's go back here, and I think that's probably enough review. We we talked about some other things, but I want to make sure we have time to cover um, these verses tonight. So, let's go back here to verse number 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Jesus is the link that connects us to God. When we receive Him, amen, we become one with Him. The Bible says it this way. Jesus in John chapter 17, verse 23. He says that He is in us and we are in Him. He in us, you in Him. Amen. So when you're in Him and He's in you, this is a picture of oneness. But if you follow carefully, you see that Jesus had already established that He was in the Father and the Father was in Him. So, Jesus being one with His Father, again explained by Jesus being in the Father and the Father being in Him. Notice that we are now brought into this equation by being made one with Jesus, by Jesus becoming in us, and us becoming in Him. Are you seeing this? Now that we're in Him and He's in us, and because He was already in the Father and the Father was in Him, Jesus becomes the link, Jesus becomes the bridge that, that reunites us, reconciles us, and ultimately makes us one with God, makes us one with the Father once again. Amen. So when Jesus says, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven, but whoever denies me, I want to I spend a moment with verse 32, but let's, let's look at the opposite of it first, and then we'll go back to um, the, the, you know, the positive side of this, verse 32. And, and then and the opposite is, whoever denies me before men, and, and what he's saying here is, it literally means to reject. Remember, he came to his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, anybody in the room tonight received him? Amen. As many as received him, to those individuals, he gave the right, the privilege, the power, the might to become sons of God. Amen. Who have been born of God. Amen. Amen. So, again, when we speak of Jesus in terms of not only the most influential person who ever lived, but the most polarizing, it all comes down to, it all comes back to our response to Him. If we reject Him before men, He says, Him I will also reject or deny before my Father. Now, let's let's step away from this for just a moment. Hold your hand, we're going to come back to Matthew But let's go over to John chapter 12 for just a second, and we'll come right back. But I want you to see this, um, because again, this is exactly what Jesus was referring to when um, He was talking about not just... Notice there's a difference here between believing in your heart. Romans 10 says that in order to be born again you first of all believe in your heart, number one, but number two, you then have to confess out of your mouth. It's not just enough to believe inwardly in God. It's not even enough just to believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. There comes a point where that inward belief has to be expressed and released through an outward confession. Amen. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I, you know, I'm not sure about all that. Well, you need to be sure about it because the Bible clearly uh, points this out. Uh, James even said that the devils believe and tremble. So just a mere belief in the existence of God is not anywhere near enough to receive the gift of salvation um, that has been freely given to you. This is why... Jesus talked about so much in John chapter 17 about our acknowledging that He was sent to this world by God the Father, amen, that He was sent here from above, that Father God sent Him into the world. So again, believing in our heart and then confessing with our mouths. So, um, John chapter 12, amen, Um, let me pick the right spot for us to jump in. Um, let's, just, let's jump in at verse 37. But although He had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in Him. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts lest they should see with their eyes lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw His glory and spoke of Him. Nevertheless, verse 42, even among the rulers many believed in Him. This is talking about the rulers of of the Jewish people. Many believed in Him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in Me, believes not in Me, but in Him who sent Me. And he who sees Me, sees Him who sent Me. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in Me should not abide in darkness. Let's just pull up right there. I'll put the two verses on the screen that really capture the heart of this. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Later, let's turn back to Matthew 10 now. Later in these verses, Jesus is going to talk about those who love other things and those who love other people more than Him. And and in that, He's going to say that those who have that attitude, those who have that response to Him, are not worthy of Him. Not worthy of Him. Or you could even say it this way, are not deserving of Him. And so here we see, Uh, a clear example of this in John the 12th chapter where people witnessed Jesus' miracles, they heard His irresistible uh, uh, teachings, and they believed in Him, but because they cared more about what other people thought of them, they never confessed Him. Now, what we also understand, and amen, ah, praise God, so much of this stuff that we could even expand further upon Jesus said this if you 're not for him you 're against him now see we we in our, in our world today we we don 't know what to do with that. you know so many people who ride the fence about so many things people who 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 don 't want to choose one way or the other, and so we think that not really making a definitive choice is, is, is you know, somehow exempts us, you know, from ever having to make one. Listen again: if you're not for him, you are against him. There, there's no middle ground here, and I, and I know that's even perhaps unsettling because you know we live in such a day of grace, and 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 you know we, we want to try to find that place, but I'm telling you. Quit looking for it because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So here you've got a group of people who believed in Him but would not confess Him. So notice what Jesus said. If, if you're going to reject Me, then it leaves Him no other option than to reject you before the Father. Alright, let's, um, let's get back into this now. Um. I want to I take just a minute, and I want to I read these first few verses, and I'm telling you now, I'm not, I'm not making this up. I, I want to read them first to you, and I apologize for not having them to put on the screen, but it's okay, just, just listen to me. This first uh, reading is from Ma- Matthew 10 and 32, but it's from the youngs. Literal translation of the Bible. It's a literal translation. And I want, you to, I want you to hear how this reads. Verse 32 from the literal translation. Everyone, therefore, who shall confess in Me before men. Now, it, when you take a literal translation, what that does is it goes back to the original language and it, and, it, and it translates it word for word. So it may not make a lot of sense in English, especially like the placement of the prepositions and, and, and these kinds of things, but you have to remember now that the Greek language is more complex than the English language. And so a, a literal translation, and the Young's literal is, is one of the better ones. It's, it's a really good one. But this causes my ears to perk up because the literal translation is not just confesses me, but who shall confess in me before men. Whoever shall confess in me before men, I will also confess in him before my Father who is in the heavens. And whoever shall deny me before men, I also will deny him before my Father who is in the heavens. Okay? So, this has given us a clue here. Let me me say it another way. If if you spoke Greek and were present when Jesus said these words, you would have heard him say, not who confesses me, but who confess in me. Confess in me. Okay? Now, we're... In the middle of a of a larger study here, and and it, it involves our oneness with God, and we say that this is one of the most uh, important truths that we'll ever internalize, that we'll ever embrace. And 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 uh, obviously, there are some folks who uh, you know are really leaning into and laying hold of this, while others, amen, it's 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 making them uncomfortable, it's making them nervous, and certainly that's not our intention, but that's uh, what's happening nonetheless. I want, to, I want to now read this to you from the Amplified. And listen to how it reads in the Amplified. Therefore, everyone who acknowledges me before men and confesses me out of a state of with me, I'm going to read that again. Therefore, everyone who acknowledges me before men and confesses me out of a state of oneness with me, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven and confess that I am abiding in Him. Okay? Now, the... Um, Word studies in the New Testament from Vincent. He breaks this down. Am I boring you with this? Are you okay? It's a bit tedious, but you know, we've got a, but we try to, but we do a little more teaching on, on Sunday nights than we do on Sunday mornings. So let's, let's really dig into this for a minute. I think it's, if, if you'll put forth the effort, the Holy Spirit's going to help us. And um, and I believe you're really going to be blessed when the lights come on inside of you. So let's let's plug away at this for a little bit longer. So, translation: uh, Confess me, Vincent says this a peculiar, but very significant expression. And again, in the original Greek, the literal translation would be confess in me. So listen to this: the idea is that of confessing Christ out of a state of oneness with Him. A literal way of hearing this would be, abide in me and being in me, confess me. Jesus is saying, if you abide in me, being in me, confess me. Now let me come in there with you for a minute. Praise God. I think we are um, all familiar with um, Peter's um, epic fail when he denied Jesus. Right? Jesus already knew that it was going to happen. I believe that we are... um, How do I say this? Let me back up just a minute, okay? If you look at... Peter, and then you look at John. What it seems like to me is that Peter was always talking about and bragging about his love for Jesus. His commitment to Jesus. He he was always so quick to talk about how he was going to give his life for Jesus. He was always talking about how he was going to prevent other people from, from doing anything to Jesus. If you compare that to John, John was always talking about Jesus' love for him. He was always bragging about how much Jesus loved him. Do you see that that difference there? Amen. I'm not saying that your love for Jesus is not important. It is. But our confidence does not need to rest in our love and in our commitment to Him. Our confidence needs to rest in His love and in His commitment to us. Amen. Amen. Because even if I'm not faithful to Him, He remains faithful to me. Amen. And even if my heart condemns me, He is bigger than my heart. So when I stand before Him one day, What I've done for him is going to be important, but it's not going to be the most important thing. My love for Him is going to be important, but it's not going to be the most important thing. My commitment to Him is going to be important, but it's not going to be the most important thing. What's going to count on that day and why we can have boldness on that day is because our confidence is in His commitment to us, our confidence is in what He's done for us, and our confidence is in His eternal love for us. Amen. Amen. So, we see that this was a chink in Peter's armor, so to speak, that the enemy was able to exploit and take advantage of. If you remember when Jesus restored him, he kept asking him, "Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these?" Right? Notice it, it, he was he was trying to emphasize the importance of. Peter's love, but that his love for Jesus had to be the most important thing, and that he had to put Jesus first, even above his own uh, uh, desires and agenda, and, and And let's just say it this way, what made him feel good about himself? Amen or Are you with me tonight? <laughs> Praise God. Alright, so, when Peter denied him, notice... What they were asking Peter, they were like, hey, you are one of His. Notice the use of the word one. You're with Jesus. You're one of His followers. You're, you, you. And, and of course, every time he kept saying, no, no, it's not me. You got the wrong guy. Uh, I, don't, I don't know him. I'm, I'm not with him. I'm not a part of him. I, I, I'm not one of his, right? Right. Notice he's, he's using these words in his denial, right? Now, it, it's, it's kind of like uh, it's kind like if you're with somebody and they get in trouble, you know? <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, no, I, I'm not with him, all right? I'm not, it's, what are we saying? We're saying, I, I'm not in on that with him. I, I didn't participate in that with that person. I, I wasn't in involved in that, okay? Now, what, we're talking about here are things that are basically physical in nature. Um, they're they're I don't really, the word shallow may not be the right word, but but they're shallow. Let, let me let me say it another way. Did Jesus only look at Peter as an associate? Did he only look at him as as a guy who hung around with him and ran errands for him? Absolutely not. Jesus, remember, he said, "I no longer call you a servant. I call you a friend." Amen. In other words, Peter was saying, I am not one of his when Jesus had received him as one of his. Peter was saying, I am not with him when Jesus had already received Peter as one who was with him. Amen. So he was confessing. When I say confessing, he. he how do I say this? Praise God. Help me, Holy Spirit. Maybe I should say it this way. Peter was denying from a place of previous acceptance. He, he was obviously not yet born again, but he was already on the inside with Jesus. Let's use the, let's use the biblical word again in a, in a, in, in a way... He, he, was, he hung out with Jesus. He was abiding with Him. And yet, from that position, he denied Jesus. Okay, are you with me? Now, when he says whoever confesses, we sometimes think of that only in the sense of, of acknowledging or, or, or saying it out of our mouths. What does the word confess mean in the first place? It means to say the same as. So if someone goes in and confesses to a crime, they're basically saying that they did that crime. And in really serious crimes, police hold back the details Because as odd as it may sound, they have people who come in and confess to crimes that they didn't commit. So this is why they withhold details. So that they can verify that the person who's confessing is saying the same as what actually transpired in the details of the crime. Right? So to confess means to say the same as. But Jesus, when he says, whoever confesses me, he's not just saying whoever says the same thing that I say. In other words, he's not saying confessing him as, in, in, in terms of confessing me, confessing what I said, he's saying whoever confesses me, right? Whoever confesses who He is, whoever confesses what He represents, whoever, whoever confesses, whoever says the same as, in alignment with, in agreement with, what Jesus came to this earth to perform, what He came to accomplish, what He ultimately came to do in every one of us. So this is why Jesus used what Vincent calls a peculiar phrase, a peculiar way of saying this in, um, in the Greek language. It wasn't just whoever confesses me, whoever says that I'm the Son of God. He's talking about far more than that. He's basically saying, whoever agrees with why I came to this earth and says that out of their mouths. Right? So this is what he means by confessing in oneness with Him. It's something that goes beyond just what is spoken or what is said. Let me get back here. My, and is this making sense to you? Yes, no, maybe, amen. I'm, I'm plowing tonight, amen, so plow with me. So, let me, keep, let me read a little bit more from what Vincent had to say about this. He said, it implies or speaks of identification of the confessor with the confessed and thus takes confession out of the category of mere formal or verbal acknowledgement. Amen. The true confessor of Christ is one whose faith rests in Him. Amen. So, when Jesus says, whoever confesses in Me, I will confess in him. So the idea is that Jesus is not just at the right hand of the Father saying, Matt Winslet is one of mine, but He is in Matt Winslet saying from Matt Winslet, Matt Winslet is mine. Are you seeing this? Because if you abide in Him and He abides in you, and you're confessing Him and He's confessing you, who are you confessing Him? You're confessing Him before men. Amen. You're saying, I believe in Him, I am with Him, but... You, Jesus. What what we don't maybe even really understand is that we're saying we're one with Him. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to step way away from this. We'll come back to it at a later date. Go with me to John 10, and I'll finish right there. John chapter 10. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 10. This is going to bring it home. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's begin at verse 14. John chapter 10 and verse 14. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Now, let's do this. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to, let's go to verse 25. Make it 24. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name they bear witness of me but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep as I said to you look at me for a moment look at me for a moment we've already covered this but let's make sure you you remember it or if you weren't here when we covered it what is the difference between someone who is one of Jesus' sheep and someone who is not it's those who have received the gift that God the Father gave to this world. When God the Father gave Jesus to this world, right, those who receive that gift, Father God then turns around and gives you to Jesus. So He gave Jesus to us, and any person who receives the gift of Jesus, God the Father then gives that individual to Jesus, making Him one with Jesus. It's not that you and Jesus are just like this. You and Jesus are just like this. Amen. One with Him. So this is what He's talking about here, that His sheep hear His voice. Those who've received Him hear Him and understand what He's saying. But those who have not uh, received Him can sit there and watch Him perform miracles and still question His validity. They, they can sit there and listen to what He says and nitpick it and criticize and fault find. Amen. But never receive the message, never receive the truth that Jesus is right there in front of them to give them. Notice again, He's shining. He is the light of the world. Some people are receiving illumination and. They're their entire beings are are being filled with light, while others are being blinded by that same light and can't see their nose in front of their face. You know people like this. You have people like this in your family. They don't get you. They have no idea what you're doing at church, especially on a Sunday night after you've already been once this month. They don't understand that. It makes no sense to them, right? but you're one of his sheep and you and you know his voice and you want to hear more you want to receive more and even when you hear things from him that you don't understand necessarily it's still there's something inside of you that comes alive and you say i don't fully got that right i don't fully get that right now but it's what it's for me he's talking to me thank you jesus amen All right, let me get back to where I was here. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 27. And I give them eternal life. What did Jesus tell us eternal life was in John 17, 3? Eternal life is to have personal fellowship with God, with the Father, to have personal fellowship with the Father and with His Son. I give them personal fellowship with God the Father. I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Notice what he's saying here. Because... God the Father put you in Jesus' hands. Not only can you not be snatched out or removed from or taken out of His hand, you're also in the Father's hand. Again, because Jesus is the link that makes us one with the Father. And He says this in verse 30, I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, You are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, You are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I, do the, if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. Now, I know this may, and I'm finishing right here, I know this may sound odd, but these Jews who rejected Jesus had greater understanding and insight into what's now true about you and me than we do. In other words, when Jesus, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I'm the Son of God. They took up stones to, to kill him, not because he said he was God, but because he was the Son of God, this was what? Making him one with God. Why is that? Because if you're a Son of God, you are one with God. Amen. They then, of course, Jesus said about this part about snatching him out of the hand, verse 30, I and my Father are one. Okay, let me try to land this plane. When we confess... Jesus before men, we're not just saying that we are His disciple or His followers. We're literally saying from in Him, amen, from a place of oneness with Him that we are one with Him. See, you may have never even heard before this, this idea that we're one with Him, yet to confess Him before men is confessing oneness with Him, and oneness with Him is oneness with the Father. Amen? All right, stand with me tonight. Praise God. I apologize for going a little bit over there. Amen. Sometimes you... Uh... Apology not needed. Thank you, Pastor Rick. Amen. Sometimes you... Start down a road that takes you longer to get there. I still feel like I rushed that a little bit, but amen. Holy Spirit's our teacher anyway. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fathers, we stand before you tonight. I thank you for the things that you're saying to us from your Word. and Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit uses things like preaching and teaching and, and, and the effort, Lord, of hearing and receiving to uh multiply exponentially your truth and your wisdom lord in our hearts father there are certain things in your word that the best efforts at communicating uh, will never get us there they'll they'll only be understood and therefore received by faith and so father i ask you tonight to take the things that we have sown from your word Um, into our hearts tonight and and Lord not only bring faith to the surface but Lord strengthen the faith that we need to lay hold of these things I thank you Father tonight that that I'm amongst people who have confessed you uh, before men and Father Jesus has confessed us before you because we're in him and he's in us help us Father live with a greater understanding of this reality and all that it means to who we are and our purpose in this life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Praise God. Good things coming. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great week. Have a great week. Um, and, uh, And we will see you Wednesday, if not before.